Gifts Podcast. I am Katie Tuck, and I'm here with Jen Pohl. Jen Pohl, and um, we are so excited to have Jen with us today to um, talk with us about morning time. This is going to be part of our Satellite Classroom series, and she's got a wonderful sell for us as we think about Charlotte Mason's quote, education is an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. As Jen talks about morning time, I really... I think about that quote, and it really um, gels all those together. Um, morning time shows that our, gives us education, and it starts our atmosphere off right. Um, it's a discipline that we that I have found I have a hard time with. <laughs> it but is it's a, a discipline. Yeah, but it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it's a beautiful thing when we do it, and then it's a life because, mm-hmm. um, as you'll hear from Jen. There's so much enrichment that you can give to your kids, to your own life, to your family that will start with morning time or could start with morning time. So anyway, so we're hoping that this series will be an encouragement to our Karis families, especially where we we can share tools and resources to help enrich our family's time at home and beyond. So today I wanted to talk with uh, Jen Pohl, Mrs. Pohl, for several reasons. If you know Jen, you know that she has an infectious love of learning. She delights in reading. That's so kind, Katie. <laughs> it's very true. Teaching, studying, um, her joy in learning is contagious. Mm-hmm. And I recently talked with her about her morning time routine and was inspired, dare I say, convicted <laughs> <laughs> to revamp our own routine. So, so Jen, this year is our fourth grade teacher. But could you give us a little background about how your family came to know Karis, how long you've been with us, and then how long you've been teaching with us as well? Yes. Um, okay. So we came to Karis when my son was going into second grade and my daughter into kindergarten. There's actually quite a long story that involves me begging Kim Nielsen for phone time for advice long before we ever considered sending our children here. Pause. Um, I actually talked with Kim (laughs) about that conversation and she was just delighted to talk with you she said she could have talked with you for hours she was so excited that first time you chatted I mean my brother had actually been telling us that he knew of a school in Madison that we might continue or uh, look into and it's about a 45 minute drive so we had said no like not even in the realm of possibility we weren't even discussing it in our home yeah Um, and then I talked to Kim and it was it was just God's way of saying no actually your brother said that because you are supposed to be there (laughs) and the minute I had that first conversation with Kim it was just a downhill okay now we just have to figure out how to make it work so Mm. uh so now this is our fourth year does that make it I think our fourth year um so I started teaching fourth grade this year, mm-hmm. and as long as the CARES community will have me, I will return back forever next and year ever. Yeah. <laughs> for the fourth grade. It's a awesome. great age. Oh my goodness. That it's is a fun. great, that yeah. is a great one. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about your background um, outside of CARES as well? I know you've been in education for a long time, yep. but um, maybe you'll give us a little snippet of your life that I've heard about before that to your degree and your, uh, your studies and your... Yeah. <laughs> She wasn't expecting this. No, I was not expecting this. Uh, I'm trying to uh, think of the short version. Um, Katie actually said this to me one time, that my brother has been a prophet in my life, and that is absolutely true. Once again, it was my brother. Back in my college days, we were leading a youth group of middle school kids together, and he said, I think you're meant to be a teacher. He is now a pastor. He had reasons to think that that was probably true. Hmm. And I I wasn't I didn't just say no to him and I didn't laugh about it. I was angry about it. <laughs> I was so mad that he would suggest that to me. Uh, I struggled 
all the way through school. School was not good for me. I was not good at school. And so the thought of somebody telling me that I should be the person who I really didn't like in life Hmm. upset me greatly. So in response to that, I majored in archaeology. That's (laughs) what people do (laughs) when they don't want to do the thing that they know they're supposed to do. They pick something else to be dirty in. Uh, I studied in Belize and Central America. I did a few field seasons down there. I've dug up tombs. I've dug a temple and did all the stuff that you think you do as an archaeologist in Belize. Oh. It's all real. It all happened. Incredible. I chased by a jaguar, were I you? was chased, uh, yep, in the middle of an ancient Mayan temple by oh a jaguar. Oh, my goodness. Yep. This I had like... another one stalk me while I was going for a run one day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's all true. This, these things really do happen. And they're so commonplace that you just, when it's happening, you just accept it as what's what's happening right now oh my word but and they do make good crops for me today <laughs> <laughs> well the archaeology thing didn't pan out the moment i graduated um i took a job in a for-profit educational company and i worked with i helped lead research studies across the country and i noticed that there was a subset of the teachers in those research studies um, that seemed to do better on all fronts they were mm. better at communication you know their materials came in more organized they were seeing better results with their th- their kids across the board there was a clear group of teachers um, that were doing something different so i started to ask those teachers what it was i came to find out that almost every single one of them was a teach for america core member. Hmm. So Teach for America is an educational nonprofit, which <clears throat> has a very rigorous selection proca- process. And if you're accepted by them, you agree to teach in whatever community, in whatever grade or content area they place you in. They place rural and urban in the highest need school districts hmm. in the country. So I quickly applied to Teach for America. My husband agreed that this would be a neat thing to consider. And so slowly I'm becoming a teacher. Um, I got accepted to Teach for America. We moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I taught ninth grade English as a core member for them. And then as soon as I was done, you're a core member for two years, came on staff with them full time. So mm. then I've, I've been on staff with them for the last uh, 11 and a half years. Um, and for the first bit of my full time staff work with them, I supported the development of our first and second year teachers in Chicago public schools. Oh, so wow. I was directly coaching them um, and helping them in the classroom real time day to day. Wow. So that's where, that's the mid-range version of how I come here. Oh my goodness. Well, as cool as it is, I'm glad you're not chasing jaguars through Mayan temples and you're with us today, Jen. It's just a really nice story to tell <laughs> It's now. a very I don't cool want to do one. it again. I think I heard it third hand and I just had to hear the bit <laughs> from you. My kids um, like to tell the story, but they get a few of the details wrong. So it does seem a lot more grand. Oh no, it was, it was grand and it was all, it was, it was all correct. Yeah. That was great. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for uh, for sharing about that. Yes. And we are very glad to have you with us um, today. So as we um, as we start talking about morning time, I would love it if you would be willing to define morning time for us. Yeah. So morning time, I don't think is exclusive to the Charlotte Mason community. But when you start looking into morning time, you're going to find most of the resources coming from the philosophy of Charlotte Mason. <clears throat> Um, Charlotte herself didn't do morning time as it's now being conceived, but the ideas that go into most morning times come from her and her philosophy and her work in education in the middle of the 1800s. Um, so what is morning time? It is, a, it is an opportunity to sit with your family um, 
and do some intentional learning and growing and loving together mm. that just, it does more than just start your day off, right? Um, it allows us to center on the things that we value and the mm. things that we love, mm-hmm. um, which then allows us to go forth in our day with those things already be firmly in front of us so we can continue to practice them the rest of the day. That, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's the short version of morning time. So, and as a believer, yes. assuming that includes prayer, scripture, but it includes all kinds of things, It does right? include all so kinds of things. We started, I, I just shared this in a different podcast, but we just started small mm-hmm. um, and started out with gathering everybody together, mm-hmm. talking about scripture, praying together. Mm-hmm. But I know it's much more than that. It can be much more than that. So will you just elaborate a little bit more on how you've seen morning time go, if you have like a small amount of time, if you have a large amount of time, yeah. where you, do you have a sweet spot that yeah. your family has found? Our Inspire s- us. Yeah. <laughs> Our sweet spot is a little bit on the long side, I think. And so I don't want any listener to think, oh my gracious, I couldn't find that kind of time in my day. It doesn't have to be this. Um, We've been practicing morning time for a couple of years, and so we have been able to structure our day to accommodate a slightly longer morning time. So for us, um, it's usually a solid hour. It could go to an hour and a half, depending on how early we wake up. Um, And so in that morning time, we do, we have a, um, a prayer notebook, and so we do start our time talking about if there's any new prayer requests. We talk about, who, you know, who's going to pray for who. And uh, we spend time praying over the people in our prayer journal and then praying over our day. Um, we do not do our Bible reading during morning time, but I think it is a very common thing to do during morning time. And I think you could either do it with kids reading independently if they're on their own reading plan or family scripture mm-hmm. where somebody is reading aloud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think either one would work fine. Um, music is often a strong component of morning time. So again, if you're looking into morning time, it, Charlotte Mason, all of those people who do it are going to talk about folk songs and hymns and composer study. Um, lots of people would do all three. So they have a hymn that they're focused on for a certain amount of time. And it's usually a, a a longer duration of time, three or four weeks, they're probably working with the same hymn so that students, their children are really memorizing it. They're talking about the lyrics. They're finding the Bible verses associated with the lyrics. It's more than just the singing of the hymn. It's committing it to their heart. It's committing it to their memory Mm. um, and understanding the lyrics. Folk songs are big in the Charlotte Mason world, and we love them in our house too. Stratford Caldecott, I couldn't find the exact quote, but he is quoted to saying something about the grammar stage is actually the act of remembrance. Mm, And so what we're doing in the grammar stage is remembering all of the things. And I think in so many of the content areas, you can see that so clearly folk song would be another example. You are just remembering the stories, the Mm. tales, the the legends of those that came before us. And Mm -hmm. it's so fun for the kids. They Mm -hmm. love it. Um, And then composer study. Again, those would be longer studies. A single composer would be studied um, for a a whole term, a whole three or four months. Uh, Not studied in in some sort of rigorous academic way, but we're just listening to the music of the same composer. Charlotte Mason folks like to talk about with composers and with authors and with 
artists and that you allow your children enough time with them so that they become friends with them. Mm. So that when they walk into a gallery and they see, you know, a Rembrandt, Mm -hmm. they don't have to see the title. They don't have to see who the art, what artist signed it. They know by the strokes that it's a Rembrandt because they've been so familiar with him. And the same would be true of a composer um, or any of those disciplines. Mm -hmm. So music has a really large part of morning time okay. large not time frame large as in um value okay it's important okay um what else do we do uh, readings lots of great literature in morning time um i'm smiling because i really love books i have a we have we quite a library <laughs> in our house it's it's a beautiful thing but you are definitely the go-to when i'm looking for a new book oh thank you you are you are the one we go to <laughs> we do love books <laughs> and we love to loan books so if anybody would like books we we uh, like to loan them so to the poll library to the poll library <laughs> i'm gonna incorporate it someday um I think we usually have at least two readings going on in every morning time, a piece of literature. We're reading James Harriet right now. We needed something fun. We just came off of doing a lot of fairy tales and myths. I can't say enough how valuable I think it is, especially in the grammar stage for Mm. our kids, to be hearing myths and fairy tales and hearing copious amounts of them from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just enriches their soul and is going to bless them down the road. Uh, but So we always have literature of James Harriet for us right now, and then Shakespeare. When I started Morning Time, I have a habit of just jumping in. Uh, deep ends don't tend to bother me, and so I just plunge right in. And so when we started Morning Time, I knew I should do Shakespeare, so we decided to read an actual play, because I didn't, I didn't know not to. And yeah. I don't think you don't have to but I didn't know that we shouldn't and perhaps we should start with lambs um, and so we read an actual play the kids had little popsicle sticks and we would talk about what was going on and they would track characters and we loved it we just thought it was the greatest thing because nobody told us that we weren't ready for it that's incredible so we just did it I love it what play did you start with uh, now you're gonna oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. remember. Puck. Okay. yes I do remember but the name has left me oh Midsummer Night's thank Dream. you Midsummer. Yes. Oh, uh, I love that. So that was, Any parts left out, or did they just go over their heads? They just went over their heads. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, they didn't know. Yeah. Um, and I think we're so intimidated by him. Yeah. Our children, even my daughter, who would have been in first grade at the time, kindergarten, first grade, I don't remember, um, she understood enough to follow the plot and to know the characters. Our, our children get it. Mm-hmm, they they really, sure. they don't need their hands held. They understand. Um, so now we do lambs. Okay. <laughs> um, we can usually get through. We only read a page or two at a time. It's not much. Um, so we get through maybe three plays in a year. We don't get through a lot. Um, but my children now love Shakespeare. They don't know not to love him. Oh, they giggle at his characters. Wonderful. They love the turmoil. And um, we just finished Macbeth this morning. It oh. was four pages, and we decided to go for it and finish all four. And Frankly, we were just cheering, cheering it on that when he died. So great! Yeah. I love it. So literature is big for us. Oh yeah. my goodness! After Shakespeare, now I they don't have to narrate during morning time, but for Shakespeare, they do have a narration journal that they've kept since the moment we started. And when they were too young, they would narrate to me, and I would write in it for them, and then they would draw a picture. But now they're both old enough to write a narration on their own. Um, So they also then, I just love that they have this journal that has covered 
the whole span of their Shakespeare experience. Um, the same journal has less than three years. They both just need journals in the next week or two to replace their used up ones. But wow. I love that they'll have that someday. That's amazing. They'll, they'll be able to look back. So for nar- for those who, well, I guess most of our families would know what narration is. Um, but is it anything like a commonplace journal? Is that how you use it a mm-hmm. little bit? But you just use it specifically with, <clears throat> or you come up with a narration, you you say this narration and then they copy it down. Is that how you? Yeah. So they are trying to retell the story in as much detail in the right order as they can. Okay. So that's not a commonplace journal. It is not Mm -hmm. a commonplace. I do love the idea of commonplace for children. Yeah. Love it. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to, in an upcoming episode, I'm hoping to get Mr. Pointner and Mr. Uh, Hoffman to talk to us about commonplacing. Oh, how beautiful. Yes. When, When my older students started commonplacing, it's been, it's been a delight so yeah I'll be grateful. your first listener for that one well I want to know but I love this narration idea having a narration journal mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that but that's mm-hmm. a great way to you know for your younger kids especially if you can write it if yeah they, if it's just too much for them to write if yep. they dictate and yep um is that right no narrate well and when they write it they're down. narrating and in their narration when they're too young they're dictating to me and they're so dictating I'm writing you and you're writing it down yeah now. okay yeah oh that's lovely yeah. okay that's great how we do it. great um anything else in your morning time of course there. Yes. Tell me more. This list is getting so long. <laughs> and so we don't do all of this all the time, but these are the types of things that would be common to choose from in a morning time. And I said the hymn, the folk, and the composer study. Poetry, maybe mm. I should have included that with literature, but I keep that separate. Poetry is another um, big one. Um, we dropped poetry, and then we picked poetry back up, and we dropped it again, and we left it by the wayside for quite a while. I... My brain does not uh, and read poetry well. I was never taught to read poetry. I don't like poetry. Mm, it's not that I dislike poetry. I don't know how to read poetry well. And so it's frustrating to me. I'm not sure about that. It's then. so true. It is. Okay. <laughs> so we have tried lots of the, you know, the kid poetry books and just one poem a day. Mm-hmm. And that just has never it has strummed, never been consistent. Strummed your heartstrings. It has maybe. not strummed our heartstrings. <laughs> there are two podcasts, and I'll, I'll recommend some, some resources later on in this, um, but there are two podcasts where somebody r- daily reads a poem, and we tried one of those last year, and um, we that also did not strum on our heartstrings. We found it a little bit annoying, but there is a new one this year that we currently, now we're only three weeks in, but we are really enjoying it. And so being able to listen to an actual poet read poetry and read it well and to talk about it has um I think it is turning the corner for us oh we lovely. had the most lovely discussion about the poem this morning hmm. uh which was very edifying it it is going to keep us on this path I think that's great including poetry I think we'll probably just have some notes to post with this podcast yeah. with links and things like that if you Good wouldn't idea. mind giving me those resources okay great idea wonderful all right I'm sure there's more right there's a few uh, just a few um I think I think there's the opportunity during morning time I and I talk with moms a lot about how when our kids are separated for the rest of the day and their own doing they're doing their own content they have their own work to do how can we bring learning together and of course morning time I think is that right. right literature poetry all of these riches you know the, the music study art study those things um but I think there's a way to bring in some of the content of our day as well hmm. and none of this need be more than a two or three minute activity but 
Um, we've had some success where, you know, we just take a sentence. I just come with a sentence or we grab one from the book that we're reading and we just diagram it together. My daughter, of course, is early on in diagramming. And so she's able, though, to point out the parts of speech. And so it's a way to bring the stuff they're doing separately into the same space together. My son can help her. Um, it's a really, it can be a really beautiful time to see your kids learning through something together. Mm-hmm. Math, I think, is the same thing. There's little math games that you can play. We play it just a math game with a deck of cards that they do during morning time. Um, my kids do the 100-page math time tests every day. And so we, t- we do that during morning time as, as well. And um, anything, both where I can encourage them to learn together, but I can also take the content out of the rigid amount of time that we've set aside for that content in the rest of our day sure. so that they're seeing some of these things multiple times um, in really unassuming ways where they don't even think twice about mm-hmm. doing a little bit of math during morning time, but it's reinforcing what they're going to do later without extending math later in the day. That's so those really, are some of the other things we work in. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think um, thinking of grammar, even mm-hmm. grammar definitions, mm-hmm. seeing you know those things like yeah. what, is, what is a predicate adjective again? Yes. I mean, even me as mom, like, oh, let me look up the definition. But I think mm-hmm. it, you're right. If we can work those into the rest of our day together. Yeah. That's great. And, and they love to compete against one another. Sure. And they like to help each other, but maybe they like to compete a little bit more. And you can turn so much of that into fun, quick two-minute games sure. with a dry erase board or even just orally. And it just adds laughter and fun to the beginning of your day. So are you in the same physical location or do you call back or how does that work? Yeah. So I asked, um, my niece joins us for most of our morning times as well. And so I had the opportunity to ask all three of them separately what they loved most about morning time, what they would encourage other moms who might consider it, it to do. And I was... I was not shocked at what they liked the most. I would have said those things for them anyway. But what they said about how they would encourage moms, what the moms should do, really surprised me. Two of them said, you cannot do it where you do your schoolwork. Put it in a different place because it's different than schoolwork. We have a time set aside that's different. And I hadn't actually thought of it in that light at all uh and i thought that was beautiful we just have a large um coffee table in our living room and it's a low one we have big pillows somebody's now using the dog bed because he got a new one and well that's fun (laughs) um so we just put pillows on the floor we have tea in the middle and almost every morning we have a spread of fruit food this is not elaborate it's whatever fruit i have in the fridge and some toast um most mornings we've gotten in the habit where we actually just do breakfast when we start our morning table around this living room table and then the fruit or the toast is there as well um so that was the advice for the for the third one you must have food available i love it they just like to pick and it i don't know they love it the tea and the the food was requested that's a great all moms so separate location from where you do schoolwork Mm -hmm. and sustenance yeah sustenance (laughs) I don't know maybe boys as they're growing sustenance is always top of mind I'm not sure but (laughs) I love it it was a recommendation okay and their favorite things you said those weren't surprises those weren't surprising yep so my two both said Shakespeare once again you guys I I had before this I had never read a Shakespeare play in my high school I was never required to 
Or if I was, I don't remember. Sure. And so I count that as not having sure. to ever do it. Sure. Um, and because of my major, I was only required to take one English course in college. And so I never, never had no background, no experience with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I assumed that I could not read Shakespeare. And so when we jumped in with Midsummer and we slogged our way through it pretty well and then found ourselves enjoying it, it just became what we did. And we, we love it. So that's what my kids said. Um, and then my niece, who just loves beautiful language, she said poetry. Oh. She's really enjoying how we're doing it with the podcast right now. Oh, that's great. Yep. You can have her read it. I think I would. <laughs> I she has that. a flair for it. That is wonderful. Yep. Oh, that's so fun. Um, so for as we think about jumping in, um, some, some people have uh, a more full satellite classroom day yep especially as our students you know I've got a student now in eighth grade and as they get into high school those days are pretty full sometimes Mm -hmm. they go from eight until occasionally like 6 Mm p.m. I think this would this is very important but as your students grow and as their yeah you know the capacity has to increase as well of course but the the time for their school day it just it gets longer and longer um what do you suggest with, you know, just to start with mm-hmm. for encouragement and then just adding on? Yeah. Um, I am, my, what comes to mind first, I fully recognize, maybe out of being naive because my son is only in the fifth grade. And so it, it certainly is a lot more this year than we've seen in previous years, but it's still very manageable in a normal school day. Um, but my first encouragement is that, The mornings we skip morning time, we find our morning to be a lot more rocky and a lot more bumpy. And so the work that we do in the morning is done less well Mm. and takes more time. So I I do believe that there is probably something to starting in this beautiful way with this much intentionality, getting our hearts right, getting our minds right, that allow us some more efficiencies once we've encountered the rest of our work. That's so I would en- way to put it. encourage people to not look at the amount of time your students need as an obstacle necessarily, because mm-hmm. I think it could probably help. Uh, but it is a real thing mm-hmm. that, that yeah. there's only so many hours that we want our children doing school. Sure. So I could imagine if you, I could imagine if you have a range of kids, uh, ra- age ranges, I- I'm suggesting, where some are older and just need many more hours than younger ones, that perhaps the older ones don't stay for the full duration of morning time. Or perhaps you just do a short morning time to get everybody going in the morning. You pick just one or two things. Lunch now becomes around the table where we add one or two things back in. And then maybe even after dinner, something happens, you know, or just Mm -hmm. two of those. Of course, it doesn't have to be all three. But I think there's ways to build this richness in without relegating it to first thing in the morning, right? Sure. It can happen outside of that time as well. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's that's encouraging. Um, as I'm thinking about this, I'm wondering if you, you are going to give us resources at the end here. Do you have a plan that you go by? So you're not, you know, searching for materials, you know, from as you're yeah. heading into morning time. Do you have a plan? Do you have something you could, sh- you know, as you share these resources, where we could start? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, uh, they exist. I just, when I'm planning the school year, um, 
a lot of what I'm picking is based on what has gone well for us or where I see areas for improvement. And resources are so readily available for this. So I'm saying, no, I don't have a a plan as in I don't take somebody's pre-made plan for what morning time could be, but I am certainly pulling resources from everybody else for the things I've decided to do. Sure. Pam Barnhill has a podcast that is called Morning Time. Oh. Like she has devoted like 87 episodes or something like that to this very topic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Pam actually sells full morning time plans. So if you are the type um, who prefer that or that's just what you need right now and you're eager to get started, she has that. And so it includes both, you know, the time, the actual resources that she's talking about are provided, those sorts of things. So like an actual do A, read B, do C, read D, uh, that exists. You can find that and you can find that pretty easily. Um, But resources for all of the other things that I'm talking about with the riches, with the art study or the hymn study, um, those things, there's this amazing website called Ambleside Online. Some of you may be familiar with it. If you're in the fourth grade um, and you're a mom listening, I've probably said it 16 times and you're oh, just sick of that term. Um, But Ambleside is the name of Charlotte Mason's school. Um, And so Ambleside Online is now an advisory board of women who have been, who have built this amazing free curriculum, Charlotte Mason curriculum. Um, It's intended, it's geared towards homeschooling, not for a setting like ours, but it is chocked full of everything that you would need. Um, Charlotte Mason's schools typically do three terms a year. And so for every term, they have, for example, now they have this for everything, but for example, uh, for the art study, they would have the artist of the term and a little background information, and then they would link you to free copies of every single one of the paintings that you should study during that term when you're studying that artist. So it's literally just a matter of going to their website and taking everything that they offer for free. It's free, okay. It's all free. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to make physical copies, of course, you'd have to, you know, pay Walgreens or something for that. Um, But Composer Study, they have all that. They have YouTube um, video or channels for each term, for the artists, for that. Same for folk music. All of these riches they have available for free. What Shakespeare to read each term. That's everything. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. And I know um, Mrs. Johnson and Mrs. Baskinger have units as well mm-hmm. for art and for music. Yes. So you could even take advantage yes. of what they're doing, kind of walking alongside that and then just go a little bit deeper with yeah. you know whatever they're studying and even pulling from the amble side absolutely um, site but yeah that's yeah. great i was thinking about how to do that as well um you know as as it takes longer to do school work just pulling things in throughout the day mm-hmm. whether it's putting paintings up putting music yes. on throughout the day um yeah i think think that that would be uh, an encouraging thing for our family to pull us all together so yeah no, that's great yep i agree um I feel like there's so many things I want to ask you, Jen. Is there, um, is there anything else that you can share with us on morning time? I am thinking about um, even about focus and how that <laughs> how that. Katie, affects- the word that came to my mind was attention. <gasps> oh, the oh minute goodness. you started that question, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> talk a little bit about that. You touched on it. You touched on how it's important for us. It kind of has done that for you you see the the time that you've skipped the days you've skipped morning time Mm -hmm. feel bumpy Mm -hmm. and less focused um yeah talk a little bit about that yeah 
Um, I am stealing all of this from Cindy Rollins. Some of you maybe know Cindy as well. She wrote Mere Motherhood and a host of other books, and she's had a lot of podcasts. Um, And she's just a wealth of information. But Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about one of the benefits of morning time that she saw. She homeschooled nine children. Um, One of the benefits was the habit formation that happened specifically during morning time when everybody was pulled together. Um, You know, habits, things as simple as older children learning to be patient for their younger siblings as they're giving them the opportunity to answer questions, knowing that their voice is not the voice that always needs to be heard because they're the oldest and perhaps know the most. Um, There's lots of habits, lots of virtues to instill, but she talks a lot about this habit of attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the main places that she saw her children grow the most in their ability to grow their habit of attention was during this morning time. Hmm. during these readings right when you're young it starts off just having the attention to sit through it like the actual skill of sitting through it and then you can start to sit through it and listen to some of the language and so your your brain is now turning to the beauty of the language and then not just the beauty of the language but what is the meaning of that beauty of the language and so she could see her kids moving through these stages and she just appreciated that they were able to do that together and to hear one another share those things and see one another growing in those ways. Um, and of course, we take that back to every yes, subject. It's true. It is, I think, one of the most important habits for us to prioritize with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, we've, we're talking more about um, raising kids with grit. Oh, yes. Um, raising sturdy kids yes. um, who can encounter hard things and uh, myself included you know I I want to grow my ability to pay attention to focus to encounter hard things and um to trust whether it's reading harder books whether it's getting you know poetry when I don't necessarily like reading poetry yes but I think yeah that's such a an incredible skill Mm -hmm. um and especially at those younger grammar ages but as as they get older we just want to increase that intent attention span increase the patience yep um but that's a big part of grit and being sturdy that some adults don't ever encounter. And how wonderful. My kids know my feeling about poetry, right? I, I, I don't ever bemoan poetry in front of them, but they know that we we fall on it often because mom doesn't love it and understand it because I don't yet know it. Um, and so it's so, to your point about grit, that they're seeing their mom have to struggle with something and how she is approaching it and practicing that grit with you know, we might giggle, well, grit over poetry, that's not a very good example. There's so many more <laughs> valuable ones in this world right now, but that's where it begins. Sure. Like, these are the the day-to-day, Tuesday morning in your home. That's where you practice that, mm-hmm. and we, we get good at it there in those ways so that we can practice it in other settings later. Mm, absolutely. That's yeah. great. That's a good point. So I know you do this in your classroom as well. Yes. Sorry, Mr. Canetter, we spend way too much time on morning time. (laughs) Well, I think it's probably, we talk about, we say homeroom sometimes. Yeah. It might be, I don't know if it's, I think it's a little similar, right? Um, But it's a way to start off together. Mm -hmm. Um, Walk us through a little bit of your morning time in your classroom. I'm curious, and I I would love to hear your thoughts on the growth that you've seen there. Yeah. I only say sorry to Mr. Canetter because... Our morning time means we have less time for grammar and writing and rhetoric, which means we're always running out of time when he comes in for Latin. So he feels (laughs) the effect of it. Um, So in our morning time, we, you know, in the official school schedule, we have about 15 minutes for this homeroom. 
Um, and I knew as soon as I saw that, that that was not going to be possible. <laughs> uh, so we, t- we try to keep it to 30. We're probably closer to 35 minutes by the time we're fully done. Um, and I have lots more ideas for this time to be richer than what I have actual physical time to do and time to plan. Um, But right now, our our current habit is we open the day. um, Well, let me back up a little bit. When the kids arrive, there's a list of things for them to do on the board, as well as a math warm-up that I write out. And the math warm-up is always review. Um, We've gotten in the habit of putting what workbook exercise in their previous book they themselves can reference to remind themselves how to do the work so that they really can move through all of this independently. One of the things that they do in the morning before we begin is to um, put prayer requests in our little container. Mm. So we start our day um, going through those prayer requests. Um, If they're new, we have the person who wrote them share with the class what that is. And then anybody who wants to help pray, we just pass out some of the prayer requests and then I take what's ever remaining and we open up um, in time praying for our day and praying for our classmates and the needs that they have in their lives. Um, I, I didn't know how well that would go with fourth graders. It is such a beautiful time. I just, mm. it is the most beautiful moments mm. of our day. So mm. that's how we begin. Um, the rest of our morning time we always have a piece of literature going that is independent from what we're reading during literature time. So we started the year with um, some Arthurian tales. A woman in the 60s um, who has her PhD in King Arthur and medieval literature (gasps) decided to rewrite some of the tales for middle school children. And they are just lovely books. as is my problem, when I find one, I have to get them all. So then I got them all. Uh, we only made our way through two or three of them. I can't remember how many we did. And then I, I, it was like a teaser. And then I had the rest of the books available for kids to take them and read them at home if they wanted to finish the set. I think there's seven or eight in the set that she wrote. So we started with that. And the kids, they did not do narration journals for King Arthur, um, but we would do a lot of narrating before and after the reading. So we were still practicing that immensely valuable skill of narration. I cannot say that enough. Narration should be the foundation of almost every subject, including math and especially math. Yeah. Um, and then we do our math. Oh, and now we're, we've moved on to Shakespeare. So now we're doing um, King Lear from oh. The Lamb's Retelling. Okay. I let my... My daughter, my third grade daughter, picked which one we started with, and she loved Lear. So we're starting with Lear, oh, and the kids are so wonderful. Eating it up. We just cannot, we, we cannot get enough of Goneril. We're hoping that Goneril goes someplace. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we just, it is so joyful when we're reading Oh, that's King Lear. wonderful. And they do have narration journals right now for okay. King Lear. So they only get maybe two minutes to narrate in their journals when we're done. Um, but they're doing that. Uh, And then we do the math warm-up. We go back to what they did independently before school started, and we solve the problems on the board. So it's another way for them to see math. They did it on their own. We're reviewing it as a class. They're able to fill in some of that misunderstanding. Um, That's typically, it doesn't sound like a lot for 30 minutes, but that's typically all we can get through in our morning time. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. I just keep thinking of the cohesion that you're bringing in morning time, not only at home, mm-hmm. but in the classroom, too. You're just drawing these things out, and it, um, 
yeah, just the repetition mm-hmm. and um, being able to yeah. solidify some of these facts, some of these joys, some of these delights yeah. in a different way. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's great. That's exactly right. The kids, I don't know, some of them may say, oh, we are learning Shakespeare, right? Some of them probably see that. I think the majority of the class is just delighting in a great story in beautiful language that they have to reach for. It's not sitting in what they already know, but they have to be thinking. They have to have this habit of attention in order to understand what's happening by the end of our reading. Like all of those things are baked into something as simple as Lamb's retelling of Shakespeare. Hmm. And they love it. Hmm. Yeah, that is lovely. Thanks. Jen, um, thank you so much. I, I I feel like we didn't talk that much about Charlotte Mason. I may have skipped that a little bit. Okay. But maybe we could come back and talk about her just for a second. second. Sure. Because um, I think it's really important to talk about who she is, what she did for education. Um, she is the reason we have that little, um, we talk about joyful discovery in, mm-hmm. in the Karis uh, curriculum. <clears throat> and... When I read Charlotte Mason and a lot of her works um, years ago, I was just struck with how she could um, command. She had this presence, it seemed, that people just, the the children just were drawn to her. She inspired this love of learning, Mm -hmm. this joy in learning. She didn't yell. She she talks about education as an atmosphere, discipline in life. Her other saying that I love is... um, I am a child of God. I mm-hmm. ought to do his will. Yes. I can do all things through Christ, and by his strength I will. So she I just always, got goosebumps. I, know, I love oh, it. Isn't it wonderful? You. Yes. And, but she just directs, you know, directs eyes and hearts to Christ, yeah. directs to him. But she does so in this way that's just peaceful and joyful. You're not going to love me saying this right across from me, but this is what I think of when I think of you, Jen. I really do. And so learning from you, even as you're talking like this, this is what I long for. This is what I, what kind of an influence I want to have with my kids. I want to have this joy in myself, this love of learning, but, but to be able to inspire, it's almost like, it's not sneaky learning, right? But this is like all of life. Yeah. We want yes. to have this joy of learning that we're always doing that because it's a fun thing to yes. do. And I think it's it struck me when you talked about how you did not want to be a teacher because you didn't like school. It was hard for you. Mm-hmm. So part of Charlotte Mason, she was a, an educator at the turn of the 20th century mm-hmm. in England. But she really fought against the educational system where they're trying to make children part of these cogs in a wheel, right? Right. Yes. So Charlotte, she set up her first school in about 1860. Um, she came from a lower middle class background, um, middle of the Victorian period, right? So women aren't aren't supposed to be educated. Women are not supposed to do most things. And Charlotte, um, I think at an early age, she was probably always a little bit of an, an outsider. She, she probably always had different notions, but she only attended, um, she attended one of the first teacher colleges in London. It had opened recently after her, for, or right before her first year, and she went, and my understanding is right after that first year, and I, I say first year not knowing if it was a one-year program or if she dropped out after the first year, but her parents died. Mm-hmm. So now she's a woman with no means in Victorian England, and what is she going to do? So she had to take a job as a teacher after only one year. She was still a teenager. Um, she has to take a job as a teacher in order to to literally survive and what came from that and her deep you cannot underscore her deep love of christ Mm. um 
was one of the greatest educational revolutions that this world has ever seen. Mm. She came to found a series of schools and then a teacher college called the PNEU. Um, And she taught things that were revolutionary, uh, in her mind, necessary for student learning. But of course, these were revolutionary ideas at the time. And even more revolutionary, she thought that every single child was entitled to this type of an education. So it was no longer just for the middle class, which is what she started out serving. Um, but she believed deeply and, and proved through her work that um, her philosophies on education worked with every child, no matter their background, their income level, where they lived, um, any of that. So she really, really did some amazing things. Yeah. So yeah. She, yeah she's, there's so many things we could talk about with Charlotte Mason. Oh, goodness. So so many yeah. aspects of her work that I think are such a delight, and I've learned yes. so much from her. I, I feel like I've learned a lot of how it plays out from you, Jen, mm-hmm. even with your nature study, mm. nature journaling that you've done with my kids. Um, Katie. Charlotte believed. <laughs> and if you were in her school or taught in one of her schools, children were outside three to four hours a day for unstructured time. That was different than their nature journaling time. She believed the utmost importance in having children outside, exploring, noticing, talking about what they're saying. They had to learn God's creation in mm. order to learn in the classroom. You couldn't separate those things for Charlotte. They had to come together. That's incredible. And they and she was in England, so it's not like it was warm all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rain, snow, yes. sleet. One of her books, an entire chapter in her book, is how to dress your children for this. So her set of six books is meant for the home educator, for homeschooling moms who want to apply her philosophy. So an entire chapter is, no, 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 you don't get a free pass on the cold winter days. Here's what you put your children in. Like literally she prescribed what to put them in so that it wasn't a a hindrance to being outside. So there we go. That's Charlotte. That's great. No excuses. No excuses. None. (laughs) It's been, I don't know, negative 11 this week here in Madison. Charlotte would be outside. She'd be outside. Okay, Charlotte. Speaking of grit. (laughs) She's a gritty woman. gritty woman. And she did all of this. And she died very young. I think in her early 40s, even, she had health problems her whole life. Mm -hmm. And so she did all of this work, which she would say was nothing but the work that God prepared her to do and Mm -hmm. called her to do. Mm -hmm. Um, She was just serving. She was just being obedient to what she was called to do. Um, But she did all of this in such a short amount of time. Mm. Amen. Well, I'm certainly thankful for her legacy. Thank you for sharing Thank you. more about her. I feel like I put that at the end, and we meant to talk about it at the beginning, but it's good. It's good to hear about her, yep. hear what she has inspired, mm-hmm. um, and hear how it's played out in our in your home, yes. in the classroom, and encouraging us to do that in our homes as well. Yes. So thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. So I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thanks. There's so many other things I want <laughs> to ask you. Hold oh, on. You said yes. we have to give a recommendation. I was about to end. ask that. Oh, okay, good. Because I, I didn't want you to <laughs> not do that. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> good. This. Yay. Okay. okay you go hear. first. Oh, I wasn't going to give one. Oh, I <laughs> I need to give one to You're right. I probably should. But you go first because okay. you have one prepared. So Katie told me that we were going to do this, or I guess I was going to do a recommendation. Oh. And what I wrote down, I wrote down two things. I'll share them both because if you know me, I can't just do one thing. Um commonplace was what I wrote down as a recommendation um certainly for us as adults but even to start our children Mm -hmm. um I think in the classical world folks would start doing commonplacing with their students earlier than what Charlotte Mason would recommend commonplacing was 
it was a, just a given in, in a Charlotte Mason education. You, you would just always do it. But she wouldn't start until usually the fifth grade or what we would consider the fifth grade. Um, but the richness of slowing down and considering what you've read, both the beauty of it, but then the meaning of it, and just being disciplined enough, not just in the slowing down, but then the pulling out and the writing down in a commonplace. Um, I think it's just a beautiful practice for us to begin mm-hmm. with our students, to do with our students. Yeah, that's great. That was my first one. Okay, my second one I've one. already said, but I'm oh, gonna say it again. Say it again to underscore it. Fairy tales and myths. Read the fairy tales, read the myths. Our children have such an appetite for imaginative things. Mm. Um, And so many of the great writers of fairy tales and myths were experts in their crafts. And so we're not just giving them beautiful stories that push the boundaries of what we think and believe or know to be true. Um, Of course, we know that there is so much happening in those fairy tales when we start to actually understand them so that's an added bonus Um, but we're looking at some of the best writers in history when we're using fairy tales and myths with our students and Mm. so I can't encourage families enough to spend years reading and delighting in them Mm. that's beautiful yeah wonderful what is yours encouraged mine is not as, she not she as wasn't ready for this, everybody. I, I really wasn't, but I think I'm going to do this one. So um, I have, I thought my whole life that I was, I had a black thumb mm-hmm. and um, couldn't keep a plant alive yes. to save my life. Um, and I couldn't, truly. I could not keep a plant alive. I can't either. Okay. Well, here you go. Well, here's your tip. <laughs> well, there actually, I'm going to give two then. So what I was thinking is my sister is, okay. um, she, and she bought me a plant and she inspired me to, um, really try. She has plants all over her house and it's mm. just lovely seeing all these wonderful green yes. plants. And so she bought me a plant and I kept it alive. I was like, this is so exciting. <laughs> so now I have three children, two dogs and a plant. No, 30. <laughs> like so many plants right now. I know it's crazy. They just See, start. Katie, start I find an author and I have home. to have every book. Yeah. You find a plant and you have to have every variety and every color. Yeah, right. We have exactly. things. Each of us has a thing. Oh, Good. my goodness. Well, Beautiful. I, it's only just a okay. thing. But 30. one of the things, well, I don't even know. If it's, it's. I think that's it's what a my big app number. says. It's a big number. I was kind of being... In case anybody missed it, Katie mentioned that she has an app where she... Well, this was my recommendation. So I started. It was a long one. There were going to be two. One was give your kids a plant to keep alive. Okay. Because I think it's a good thing to do. Yes, I I agree. I heard this from Andrew Kern from the Cersei Institute. You know, like, as they get older, give them some responsibility. This talks about grit a little bit, right? Give them some responsibility. Give them a plant. So we just did this with my girls. I don't know if I could. (laughs) Well, we'll start there. And, um, but... You you get to water this. Yeah. You get to keep it alive. You can feed it, put it in the right place with the the right sun, um, take care of it. I feel like such a hypocrite because I'm older. <laughs> I've never kept something alive. But I do have an app, and I put their plants on my app. So this is my actual recommendation. Um, the Planta app, it's free. It's like P-L-A-N-T-A. Okay. And you can um, populate all of your plants in your home in this app, and it will tell you, it will give you reminders of how to care for it? Yeah. How to water? When to water it? Um, what you should do for it? If you you know you feel the soil when you need to water it, where to put it? Where this like the best sun is in your home? So you could. There's also a paid version, 
and um then you I could, can't even believe this is a real thing. Yeah, it's it's very helpful because Does it have a tool for when you say it's fine until tomorrow and then tomorrow turns into 3 weeks. It's called the snooze button. <laughs> and then there's also a, a, and also a plant graveyard where you can move <laughs> your plant. I do have plants in my plant graveyard so they come But up you've not time. given up. I haven't given you've gone up. back to it. No. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's fun. <laughs> it's a fun thing to do. But yeah, so I guess that's that's a beautiful suggestion to give our children plans. And it's such a a visual reminder of our responsibilities yeah. and our tenderness and our care mm-hmm. of something that is beyond ourselves. That's true. Yeah. That's a that's a great idea. Okay. And another app. And the app the app is my I'm crutch. I'm gonna need the I'll app. Take the crutch. <laughs> I will take I will take any crutch. Listen, I listen to a podcast for poetry. I, I believe it. we should all take crutches when they are oh, provided to us. And you Absolutely. know Absolutely. Actually that's a good circling back because that's <clears> kind of what we're hoping this series does. Give you some tools in your toolbox. Yeah. What I've talked with so many co teachers yep. about this, it's like, you know, I've done so many different things in my satellite classroom. Yep. There's like a different thing for a different season. Mm-hmm. Something yep. different works on different different times um I think morning time I'm inspired as I listen to you Jen that can be something that should probably stick in my family Mm -hmm. no matter how long I will see (laughs) you can ask me next time how I do (laughs) but but it is it's an encouragement to stick with that but it can look different it's going to rotate differently you've given us lots of tools within morning time and beyond and so um yeah I don't want I I I just want this to be an encouragement. I don't want families to feel discouraged. Like there's, oh, it's another thing to do. These are things to enrich your yes. family's education, your family's life, your family, knit your hearts together. Um, yes. So yeah, all that to say, I need all the tools. Yes, I agree. All, <laughs> all the, the tools. tools in my tool belt because I'll use a bunch of them at once and then forget about one and need it again. And yeah. And there's so much wisdom out there. Yeah. Let's just really go is. and take it and Absolutely. bring it to our children. Absolutely. It's a perfect time to do it. I love it. Well, thanks so much. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Karis, families, for listening to us. Thanks, Mrs. Pohl, for spending time with us. We appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>